You're listening to WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. Never before, really, have I seen such a uh, cruel and morally bankrupt budget. It dismantles our nation's basic living standards, uh, which Americans have turned to for decades. This budget, and you know this, it will push millions of people into poverty and over the edge. This budget destroys people's lives. Um, this budget, what you're doing is you're asking people to fend for themselves, and you're really leaving them out in the cold. And our moral obligation is um, to make sure that every American has a decent standard of living. Uh, this budget is a broken promise, and it's really a betrayal to every American in favor of tax cuts for millionaires, billionaires, and corporations. This is for my girls all around the world. Listening to WERALP 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. This is Enlighten Me. I am your host, Andrea Cambron, and today uh, we are talking about women's health. And we're going to actually be talking about women's health through the entire program because of what's been going on in the House and the Senate, the Senate specifically, with the fact that uh, the GOP has tried and not succeeded in the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. And uh, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, has tried unsuccessfully to get uh, fellow GOP senators to uh, support this bill that many um, have a problem with. So today on the program, we'll be talking to a couple of people uh, from Rewire News that uh, Rewire News uh, actually put out a documentary on uh, abortion providers and how they have been squeezed thin uh, over the past decade with um, restrictions on abortion access. So to, on today's program, we have Lindsay Beierstein. She is an award-winning investigative journalist. Uh, she is the director behind the project. Also on the program, Calla Hales, the 27-year-old administrator who is in charge of the clinic, and we'll talk to both of them about the struggles that have been faced uh, with abortion providers and their advocates as well as the activists against it. So that is on today's program of Enlighten Me. I hope you will be uh, enlightened about what's been going on with healthcare, women's access to safe abortions and uh, reproductive health. So we're talking about health all day on Enlighten Me. We will be joined by Calla Hales. She is the 27-year-old administrator who works at the abortion clinic in North Carolina. Also on the program, Lindsay Beierstein, an award-winning investigative journalist. She is also the director behind Care in Chaos. This is Enlighten Me. We will be back with both of them on the program. You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM. No murderer will enter the kingdom of God. I begged God every day to forgive me. Uh, I need police. 
We are shining the light of truth to wake you up and to shine your way out of the burning building that you're in called sin. Because there is a great God in heaven that loves you. Mama, you've got to realize that you need Him. You've got to realize where your life is headed. Think about where you're at. You're at an abortion clinic, a place that many of you never imagined that you would come, and yet you're here. This is a place that some of you said you would never go. You had friends or family members that had, had abortions. You said, I'll never do that. But yet you got in a situation. And you allowed yourself to be shrouded in darkness, your life to be shrouded in darkness. Darkness took you. Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins and save us from the fires of You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. This is Enlighten Me. I'm your host, Andrea Cameron. And on today's program, we will be talking about, I know you're probably wondering, what was that clip that I played at the beginning? Well, that is the beginning of Care in Chaos. And on today's program, we will have Lindsay Beierstein. She is the director behind the film, as well as Calla Hales. She is the 27-year-old administrator who works in that clinic in North Carolina. And we have both of them on the program today. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me on Enlighten Me on WERA. Thanks for having us. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So, so Lindsay, I will start with you. Um, you are the director behind or the co-director behind the project. Tell us a little bit how you got involved in in this and and what was the the, the spark that fueled the passion to create this documentary? I wanted to see, to contrast the best of times and the worst of times for abortion clinics mm. that have a lot of protesters. Mm-hmm. So I put the word out to my sources in the in the pro-choice community, people who do deep clinic defense and that kind of thing. You know, where are things going well with a lot of protesters and where are things not going so well with a lot of protesters? And the two cities that we found, that we found were Fargo, North Dakota and Charlotte, North Carolina. In Fargo, they got a lot of protesters, but the rule of law prevails. The police are responsive. They do their jobs. Mm -hmm. Things are going pretty much okay. But um, unfortunately, in Charlotte, North Carolina, the police are not involved. They're not they're not active at controlling the protesters and pretty much chaos reigns. And the, the movie is a study in contrast between the two. And it asks some questions as to why things are going better in one place than the other vis-a-vis the protesters. And, and Callie, you are, are the administrator that is, that is at that clinic. Um, and, and so you live this every day. Um, talk a little bit about what is going wrong in North Carolina, specifically at that clinic because of the fact that um you know, the clinics are kind of sparse um, nowadays, especially with um, uh, the notion of shutting down Planned Parenthoods across the country. I think a lot of the issues of what's necessarily going, I'd say, quote unquote, wrong is the fact that there's not a lot of clear policing or clear understanding of the ordinances. Um There's definitely a right to free speech in the United States. However, there's not a right to free parking There's not a right to free harassment or open season on abortion providers. And a lot of people are really scared to take a stand when harassment is the norm because there's such a gray line of, like, when you're infringing upon speech and when it's harassment. Mm -hmm. Because there are, again, you live this every day. So so give us, like, a a glimpse 
um, especially into um, what we saw in the documentary. And, and I encourage people to go to rewire.news to take a look at care and chaos and, and just see for yourself what is going on in North Carolina. Give us a, a, a kind of glimpse into what your day-to-day um, looks like. Ooh, uh, my day-to-day kind of changes. Uh, in terms of protesters, we have protesters in Charlotte every day. Monday through Saturday, we're closed on Sunday because that would just create such a problem. (laughs) I Um, can imagine. (laughs) But we have most of our protesters Friday, Saturday, on weekends. Um, Today, we even had a youth group field trip outside the clinic. Oh, wow. So it's always a little something. And and Lindsay, just give us a... a, um a kind of glimpse and and when you came down to uh, North Carolina and um, to kind of, you know, get a feel for the landscape there. um, Talk a little bit about what you observed and and how you used what you observed in the documentary. Well, the first thing we noticed was the protester who stepped in front of our car with no notice that we had to slam on the brakes. (laughs) This is a big problem. They step in front of people's cars and try and get them to roll down their windows so they can give literature, but it's really unsafe. I mean, they just, Pella warned me. She's like, watch out for protesters. But we had no idea that they were going to come so fast, so far from the clinic. Mm -hmm. And then there's dozens of people outside on the sidewalk outside the clinic and they've got usually got an amplified sound as a good PA system and yes. they're on the PA system talking about you know the potential upside of having your rapist baby or you know that sort of thing how, how God hates you and your offspring how you're a sinner and you should need to come out of your doctor's appointment right now yeah and they're just on the PA all day every day and there's this cat and mouse game where they tur- they're not supposed to be broadcasting more than 75 decibels but it's really difficult for the police officer to take an unobserved reading and I don't think the police are all that inclined to do that anyway yeah so what happens and the police submitted this to us on film is that they come up take the reading and they they purchase turn the PA system down so it's They've never gotten any, nobody's ever gotten all the way to a judge with a sound permit violation, even though the clinic is calling sometimes twice a day or more because of the noise level. And we watched clinic staffers with, especially trained clinic staffers with iPhone decibel meters coming up and measuring up to 100 decibels, which is equivalent to operating a jackhammer, like the kind of noise you would be exposed to if you're standing there at 75 decibels. If you were operating a jackhammer without ear protection, that would Jeez. be what you'd be exposing your earlobes to. Wow. Uh, we we looked at I and mean, I played the clip, but I want to play it again because, uh, you know, I, I think it's so important um, to kind of get a feel for what actually goes on. So I'll play this clip again. But this was the intro into the documentary. And I thought it was so uh, poignant because it kind of gives you a feel for what actually goes on and, and how that this harassment takes place. I mean, the fact that they were blaming women um, and, and there's this sort of um, guilt um uh, that is attached to their speech um, is is quite interesting. So I'll play this again uh, for the listeners just so they can get a feel for how this actually takes place. No murderer will enter the kingdom of God. I beg God every day to forgive me. Uh, I need police. We are shining the light of truth to wake you up and to shine your way out of the burning building that you're in called sin. 
because there is a great God in heaven that loves you. Mama, you've got to realize that you need him. You've got to realize where your life is headed. Think about where you're at. You're at an abortion clinic, a place that many of you never imagined that you would come, and yet you're here. This is a place that some of you said you would never go. You had friends or family members that had abortions. You said, I'll never do that. But yet you got in a situation. And you allowed yourself to be shrouded in darkness, your life to be shrouded in darkness. I mean, the, 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 and this was just a snippet. I mean, there's, there's so many, um, really poignant parts of the documentary that I would have loved to have played, um, if we had time. So Lindsay, talk a little bit about how you wanted to put this together and how you wanted to, um, kind of display the, um, the sort of back and forth that goes on at these abortion clinics. We wanted to focus on sound. Sound is almost a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And we we took a lot of care to record and then um, mix the sound to make so, to make the experience inside and outside the clinic mimic as closely as possible what we observed when we were there in terms yeah. of sound booming in through walls. When we're interviewing Kala in the back of her office in a fairly solid building, you can still hear at a very low level the um which was actually even louder in person, the people coming in on the mic. So there's nowhere in this building that you can go that's not within the reach of their extremely amplified sound. Mm. And it begins to feel like a bunker under siege, like your General Noriega being bombarded with psyops mm-hmm. or something like that. And we want to just give people that that psychological experience to impress upon them a way that this weighs people down and grates on people. Because people say, well, you know, they're just protesters. Why can't you just ignore them? And that's not the reality they're not they're not simply they're not simply expressing their opinions they're imposing themselves into every corner of a healthcare facility and we really wanted to make that very stark and plain for people yeah yeah it seems like uh healthcare providers especially abortion providers have uh always been under siege always been um attacked in some way shape form or fashion whether it be through uh policies put in place or um physical presence Kala. You know, you have entered into a field where um, there has always been opposition. Talk a little bit about why you decided to open up the clinic in North Carolina and, and what kind of propels you um, every day. Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I actually was kind of born into this. Mm-hmm. My parents started the first clinic when I was eight years old in Raleigh, um, mm-hmm. and now we have four clinics. Mm-hmm. Um I went into the family business. I tried very hard not to. Uh, I went all the way to New York for college and said that I wasn't going to do it. (laughs) But um, within a year, I realized how different the South was in terms of feminism Mm -hmm. and reproductive rights compared to somewhere so liberal as New York and realized that, you know, this is probably a good fit for me. Mm. Um, uh, So I came back after grad school and I took over. Uh, I'm, it's still a struggle every day. Yeah. Some days where you just kind of want to hide and ask yourself why you're doing this. And then you have a patient who comes in whose story radically changes you. And all you want to do is help women. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Talk a little bit about some of the patients that you see. Um, because I think the narrative, especially from anti-choice activists, is that, um, you know, these are women who are downtrodden and they um, they are regretting their decision. And this was, you know, a really tough decision. 
Um, but research has shown, for one, that majority of uh, women that get abortions are actually married women who have previous children, um, as well as, um, you know, women who are, come from all walks of life. Talk a little bit about some of the patients that you see at, at your uh, clinic. We see a very wide variety. Um, I know our protesters tend to push that our patient population is irresponsible mm-hmm. or should be ashamed of their decision. However, our patient populations range from victims of violence mm-hmm. to women who have already had children and may have life-threatening issues yeah. for carrying another one to term mm-hmm. to women who just realize that they're not at a point in their lives that they can take care of, can give a child the life it deserves and yeah. needs. Um, we also see trans, uh, transgendered patients, We and that also always causes the problems with patients because you have, or not patients, I apologize, uh, protesters, because you have these protesters screaming already that, you know, being transgender is an abomination, which obviously it's not, right. but, you know, it's this twofold stick of just hitting a patient over the head with it. It's very difficult for patients coming in to feel like they're not second-guessing themselves because no matter what, someone is shaming them outside the door. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to play that clip um, because it it stood out to me so much because of the fact that um, the theme behind uh, uh, anti-choice activists is the fact that there's this... uh, burden of shame that is placed on women who go to those clinics uh, and women who who get those services. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So it is great to hear from you that um, women from all walks of life uh, come in for abortion services. It's not necessarily the downtrodden. It is not necessarily people who have made this traumatic, huge mistake. Um, it is it is women who, like you said, uh, are coming from abusive relationships or coming from uh, all, all sorts of different issues, a plethora of, of issues that um, relate to uh, women's health. Um, Lindsay, let's talk about um, the, the project and talk about um, specifically, um, like you said, you chose North Carolina because of the issues, the particular issues that it faced. Was there anything that surprised you uh, in making this documentary, you know, that, you know, kind of came out of nowhere that you didn't expect um, that, you know, you, you, you had no choice but to either film or take out? Um, I was just surprised by the general militance of these protesters, by their day-to-day determination to be out there in huge numbers, at high volumes, and they're just unshakable. Mm. Their boldness in walking in front of cars and shoving their hands into people's open windows. I mean, we've got all the footage of all that kind of stuff in the documentary, and we felt that it was really important to show. Also, what surprised me was what a good relationship can do, the power of a good relationship with local law enforcement. In Fargo, there's Officer Jessica White, who's the downtown resource officer, officer who makes it her job to make sure that the protesters are keeping the sidewalk clear and generally mm-hmm. not making too big of nuisances of themselves. And Fargo wasn't always rosy. They had a lot of overstepping protesters before, too. But um, Tammy, who runs the clinic out there, made a point of, of cultivating 
relationships with her local police department and the situation has improved dramatically. Yeah. So I think they may have been more receptive to the overtures. Calla has certainly done everything in her power and beyond what anybody would think to be reasonable to reach out to the Charlotte police and try and cultivate a relationship with them. And it's coming along little by little, but there's still a long way to go. Speaking on that line, Calla, what, what would you like for police officers to do to implement to kind of um, secure so that um, the 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 clients that come to your clinic feel safe, that you feel safe, that your staff feels safe. What is it that you would like for the uh, Charlotte police officers to kind of usher in, and, and and what sort of policies are you looking for to put it to be put in place? What's sad is I'm not asking for new policies to be made. I'm asking for ordinances that are already on the books to be clarified mm-hmm. and enforced. Mm, okay. Um, in terms of traffic and in terms of safety and in noise and just general disorderly conduct, these are all things that already exist. Um, right now, especially in Charlotte, you know, there's a lot of concern about transparency with our police department. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very obvious after the riots we had last fall that in, this is a town and a city that needs some transparency and some a real internal look right now. I don't think I'm asking too much by asking for safety. Uh, Unfortunately, and I've said this to Lindsay and multiple people, I'm not sure if anything's really going to happen until someone gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, and and, and I want to just uh, switch just for a, a quick second. Over the past, I want to say maybe 10 years, we have seen sharp declines in uh, abortion clinics across the country. Um, you know, because of the policies that have been put in place, how has your clinic, um, you know, weathered some of those um, storms? And, and how have you dealt with uh, a lot of the restrictions that a lot of abortion providers have come across in these past uh, 10 years? It has been very difficult and very trying, both professionally and personally, mm-hmm. with all of the new policies coming in. Um, in North Carolina specifically, we have a 72-hour counseling law uh, during which we have to say things we may not agree with as medical professionals, yeah. like that having an abortion can increase your risk of breast cancer or can increase your risk of miscarriage or sterility in the future. Wow. Both, both of those things are not medically proven, and both mm-hmm. of those have been debunked even. So the fact that we have to tell a patient this, who's already confused by us reading this long script on the phone, and we have she ha- not understanding why she has to wait three days before she can come in. Wow, it's hard. It's it's difficult because patients are already feeling like you know they've made a decision. Why are you going to make me wait and like mm-hmm. second guess myself? Am I not equal to a man yeah. or any yeah. other human being? It's it's unreal. That is that is uh, you know I I will say it is hard uh, especially being um, uh, a a person who you know it, it, you have to have you have to make that choice um, if you are going to have an abortion or not and I think it would be especially conf- confusing as a as a patient um, to have that being done to you um, especially um, since you know. The way that um, abortion providers have been set up is that you you come in you and you come in for a service um, to wait again seventy two hours as well as to be you know read off this list. I mean I've I've heard of 
several different, um, uh, you know, issues that have been put in place uh, across the country, including, uh, you know, transvaginal exams, um, including, um, you know, just d- different things that have been been put in place. I can't think of it right now because I'm, uh, my papers are are kind of all over the place trying <laughs> trying to uh, trying to get the most out of you guys as as I can before I, we have to go. But um, but I will say it is it is troubling um, to say the least, especially in this this uh, age. Cal, just one more question before we go, and I mm-hmm. appreciate so much uh, you guys joining me. We have Lindsay Beierstein. She is the director behind Care and Chaos, uh, the documentary coming out of rewire.news, uh, as well as Calla Hales. She is the administrator, administrator that works in the clinic in North Carolina. One more question before we go. Um, with this new administration, um, what are you anticipating or what has happened already, especially with regards to, and I was talking about um, the healthcare overhaul uh, and the possible repeal um, and replacement of Obamacare. What would that mean for your clinic, for your clients, for you, um, if Obamacare was repealed, if it was replaced with the um, Republican uh, plan, um, or if it was just held to die out a slow death? I think across the board for abortion providers, both independent or in uh, in corporations like Planned Parenthood, we're all going to be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not sure exactly how quite yet. Yeah. Um, as it stands, policies across the nation are already stacked against us. And I feel like, especially as an abortion care you kind of have a stacked deck. You're coming in with the odds against you. And no matter what, you're trying to prove to everyone that you are still a safe and legal and a valid business. Yeah. Um, This type of repeal that takes away reproductive justice and reproductive rights across the board does not help. And it does not create a safe, honest, and transparent environment for reproductive health. Yeah. Oh, ladies, I appreciate I appreciate so much you joining me on the program. Calla Hales, the administrator at uh, the clinic in North Carolina. Lindsay Beierstein, the director behind Care in Chaos, a new documentary from Rewire.News. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining me on Enlighten Me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Really appreciate every time you guys join me on Enlighten Me. W-E-R-A-L-P 96.7 FM. Like soldiers, we stand up. Remember when Tupac told us keep our head up. And even when the times get rough, we get up. Treat your life like a stage, you ahead to tear it up. Pass the mic, pass the mic, ladies come through. Don't ever, ever let them stop or try to block you. You gotta tell them you're something better than any other. You never settle, you next level, yeah, you're making moves. Put your hands up high. This is you and I, T-Y. Yo, yo, this is how I go. Funding for WERA is provided by Rust Insurance Agency, LLC, a locally owned independent insurance agency since 1889. For more information, visit rustinsurance.com.